People like People like games What's up, what's up, and welcome back to episode 32 of People Like Games. If you don't know by now, it's Leo's fucking birthday today at this moment of recording. Right meow. Lilo. What's up, baby? Yo, uh, yeah, it is my birthday, unfortunately. I'm sorry for everybody because this episode is going to be all about me. No offense. I'm pretty selfish, and I just want it to be all about me on my birthday. And so, yeah. that is Get exactly what we're going to do. And <laughs> I'm solo. Yeah. You I'm should Lilo. already know, though. And mm. you can find mm-hmm. our shit at... Oh, pretty clever. You. Pretty thank good. You. Pretty good. I'm impressed. You can yeah. find our shit over at, at People Like Games on Twitter. Follow, like, or don't shit happens that's and it twitter but then we're on where are we on itunes itunes a one a trace itunes a trace exactly i was gonna say he doesn't know where we're at you know in case you want to let him know we, we literally send this man episodes on itunes there's no greater form of disrespect mm-hmm. but we're just kidding doesn't, doesn't pay attention you bastard itunes cloud what is it uh google play anchor, anchor everyone but Title and Spotify. You Who should give us some fucking love. I actually hit them up. Artists at Spotify. I'm going to put them on full blast next episode. Which, speaking of next episode, we are going to be taking the week off. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Good point. We Good should point. mention it on the top of the hour because... <laughs> Honestly, Lilo's audio quality has become <laughs> just unbearable. It's and an issue, and everyone can hear it. Everyone knows who sounds we know, shitty. We, we know. We know. There's a sound quality issue. We are not. Uh, we are not. We're not professional yet. Let's, let's be honest. Yes, we're not professional yeah, that's, level, that's and we're trying it. to get there. But at the same time, my audio quality is sucking. Uh, it sounds like I'm in a fishbowl. It sounds like I don't even know what I'm talking about. I ramble a whole bunch. We wow. got a lot of things we got to work on. Yeah. <laughs> and we want, we want a couple of days. We want, to, we want to refine some segments. We want to get these sound cues down. And yes. so we're going to come back with like... We're taking a week off to do some technical adjustments on the audio quality. We'll get back to you. Following week, it's going to be at the end of April. But look forward to the resurgence of season two. And uh, until then, you know, hopefully you enjoy this episode, right? Yeah, because to give you a little rundown, we so basically we scrapped, got going on. We, we scrapped it because as we had told you, it was going to be Lilo's option to put together the episode. And then Lilo realized that... Neither of us really had time to do that shit. Uh, I was like, wait a second, what? And so, I was expecting you to throw me on the bus, but I appreciate it. Neither of us, yes. Neither, we're in this exactly. together. neither well, of us had time to make it too clever. So we were like, let's make this about Lilo. And so we're just going oh, to do an interview much. at the end where we yeah. talk to Lilo about games. And so, so wait, wait, what, what did you scrap? You said we scrapped this and then you continued on. Like, what do we scrap? What do we scrap? We, we, we scrapped the structure of the seat of the ah, today's gotcha. show. So, so we're so just we, going to ramble on and then get to the gotcha interview. Basically. So we're going to get into quick scope and quick scope is going to basically be our old school version of 
randomness. That shit? Yeah. Randomness. Rambling okay. Which, cool, cool, you know, cool. you guys should let us know. Do you like your stories? I don't know. Fuck it. I'm going to let you guys know. I'm going to do the shit however I want. Regardless, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> We want feedback. We do we want do feedback. We want feedback. Though. But, like, good feedback because I don't take negative feedback, as we've yeah, said of before. Course. He, gets uh, he gets upset. Everyone knows. Solo gets yeah, upset about that. So I'm very fine. sensitive about my baby. And Game Spotlight then or our baby mm-hmm. hugs. there you go and then Hugging game spotlight kisses. which speaking of us is going to be we segment he's pretty pumped about this game he was pretty excited when he when he saw it and so then we're going to use that to lead into the lilo interviewees but uh, regardless yeah, you all should know more about it than i do because i have no idea what the fuck's going on so straight we'll up it out. regardless as you have just been told we're going to jump into quick scope here and let's do it this is we're not going to go back and forth either Lila was like i'm going to choose these articles you do the fucking rest so don't expect <laughs> the back and forth this time around that's expect a good point yes Lilo to jump in when he pleases there's gonna be a lot of things going on sure, we should have you do the intro with- Dude, I, I should have done the intro. Yeah, I told no, you that. that I, think I should about have told that after at least last week. But hey, it's too late now. We're going with it. I'm going to start with We're the running. first article of the day. The first and most important thing that you're going to hear this year. Kingdom Hearts 3 had, Ooh. quote unquote, had. It was in the past. Had a release date listed by the retailer. And it was November 1st, 2018. Why is that a had? Why is that past tense? And why is that important? Well, it was past tense because they took it down. However, it's a good indication that it's going to be listed this year. Second, it's the most important news this year because they actually are going to release it this year. And for any fans of the Kingdom Hearts genre, this is huge news. I loved Kingdom Hearts as a whole. I love Kingdom Hearts as a whole, as a series. It's it's great to me. It brings back so many memories. So I think you feel the same way, right? Very much so. I, I was literally at GameStop. Two days ago, because I went in because GameStop's doing a deal where they have, we're going to get into some GameStop's later, but they're doing 50% extra for trading credit. And so I was like, how much would I get if I went and just traded in my <laughs> Xbox? And yeah, the guy's pretty well, cool. What would I get? He ran the numbers. 30 cents. 30 cents. Did I, Xbox, did I get right? two controllers. What's uh-huh. your guess? My An Xbox and two controllers at GameStop is going to be approximately $70. Tops. $120. Okay, let's go 161 Ooh, that's not bad. Plus, you buy a PlayStation. That's only like $250 you're, now, you're, so. You'd be You're right, except for the 50% extra. <laughs> that is true. That is true. All right, fair enough. Exactly. We're digressing. We're digressing. but We're not so digressing. We're right on topic because I almost bought 2.5 Remix because ah, see, with three see, coming out if you guys aren't aware that mm-hmm. encompasses a whole lot more than just kingdom hearts one and two that's sort of like a amalgamation of like all of like the offshoots and shit the like D- ds games i never, and like the, yeah, I never played stuff. any of that shit i play one game, i play two i want the game three to connect games, to one yeah. and two no seriously they're epic and they're really fun uh it's interesting because they went with different mechanics for every single game in kingdom hearts so not every single game let's go with the games on ds and um whatever the handheld versions game boy advance like totally different mechanics imagine playing kingdom hearts with the card based game mm-hmm. like you have to put cards down with a number of your attack that you're going to do and you only have a certain number of cards in your hand before they get refreshed and all shit like that so you don't know if you're going to do enough damage to the character but like you only have those cards. It's very interesting. It's interesting it is, gameplay. I hate turn-based battles. 
I'm just saying it's turn-based, but based on cards, and it's it's crazy, it's weird, it's fun, it's it's cool. Kingdom Hearts is great. Kingdom Hearts three expected this year. I think that's the the moral of the story but here that we're trying to say. It's coming. I out. was told that if you are interested in getting all of the storylines, do not get two point five remix because that only incorporates some of the elements. But if you play the two point eight, which is on PS4, you get everything you need getting into the third one so if you're interested okay. 2.8 remix worth yeah. your time there you go go and for it i need to do that because it's gonna take me like six months to beat both of those games <laughs> <laughs> this guy this guy making bets i'm gonna play that this month and i'm gonna finish it uh, yeah. oh my god i was so excited we were gonna stream it for you and then i realized that like i got like 30 minutes a night to play a game so i don't really have the ability to manage Probably that too work well. Out too well yeah exactly but what can you do what can you do anyway on to a little bit more video games god of war reviews are out and they're pretty fucking banging to be frankly honest console seller just console seller. like just like P- spider-man 4 <laughs> i need yeah. ps4 i went in the, the, the ps4 pro is like 400 400 bucks it's but 400 like bucks. do i need the pro i only have 4k tv is it worth it you only have a 4k 4k I is the max you check us i'm saying oh, i don't uh, even have you just said yeah. I only have. You I literally don't just even said have. verbatim. I have a recording have. of what I just said, and, <laughs> and when I we think find everyone out, will agree with me that you say. mumbled the not. Uh-huh. I don't have, uh-huh. or you, you mumbled the don't uh-huh. away, and you uh-huh. uh, actually said I only. I may have just go into TV. audio editing afterwards and just cut <laughs> just it to make, make sure. it sound like I said it twice in a row. Whatever. Even you fucking didn't. mumbled your answer. You don't have a 4K regardless, TV, so no, it's not regardless. worth it. But yes, it's worth it in case you want a nice, clean, quicker version of the game. It's. Like, 400 bucks though, like, let's be honest, you could buy a better graphics card and actually play PC games, which would be sweet. The yeah. console seller, PS4, you can get a bundle for, like, probably 250 300 bucks of the game you want and yeah. everything included. That's probably the best bet. Let's, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah, it's true, because so. it's worth it, because uh, in an interview with, I believe it was Game Informer, uh, they were speaking with... Uh, the game director Corey Barlog of the new God of War, and he actually spoke about working with uh, George Miller, who is the director of the recent Mad Max Fury Road. If you haven't Fucking seen awesome. it, uh, my sister actually described it pretty wonderfully. Um, it was that was like someone took Adderall and acid at the same time and made a movie and attention to detail but a bit crazy i can totally understand it was that. wild it was wild. it was like a fever dream that's the best way yeah. to describe that and so uh, he spoke about his time working with him on the mad max game which ended up getting shelved but they ended up coming up with i don't know they came out with the mad max game in 2015 when the movie came out hey a perfect example of what we were just talking about the other day poorly but an example nonetheless uh video game with the movie ah okay sorry this but, last conversation that we had on monday got it yeah but regardless uh he spoke about basically how much miller was a genius so he said I think, and this is a quote, I think if I had attempted this game, I'm not even certain I would have attempted it had I not worked with George. That is the impact he had. I feel like prior to working with him, it would be like reading a book without your glasses and you have terrible vision. So you see the words, but they're blurry. Working with him and starting to understand why drama occurs, why conflict feeds into the development of all the characters, the kind of 
that kind of put on glasses on me to help me understand like, wow, I really don't understand drama. And then just sort of how he learned more from him. I mean, I know Lilo has said similar things to me in the past, but, you know. <laughs> no chance. No Sorry chance. No chance. No chance. That's but... where sound cues come in. Boo boo, 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 boo. That's where a big fart sound comes in, but. Pretty uh, much. That's what that was pretty to do. cool. And that makes me want the game even more because I remember sitting through Mad Max and just being like, wow, a genius definitely made this because that's not some average man work. That's some guy definitely – I mean, I, I agree with your sister here. That's a guy on drugs. He, oh, yeah. He, hey. He's on drugs, but he's on drugs, drugs and... in such like a, a clear way. He yeah. has a clear vision and you're like, hey, fuck it. I can agree with that. Let's go with yeah. it. Dope. People it's are enjoying super... that. And um, in all fairness, Mad Max is not original. Like George Miller, he mm. came out with it way long ago. He just brought it back. Oh, it's absolutely. It's resurgence. You know, like... Mel Gibson, original Mad Max. Let's let's be honest. Like he oh, was absolutely, but like it just, back in the day, so. it, it was so much better to watch in theaters with this because the color high and definition how it was and like what we're spoiled. It's sort of like when we saw. Stuff. There's certain movies you guys see in theaters. That's what it comes down to. Mad Max was one of those. If you saw it in theaters, you would understand. It's a true appreciation. I'm gonna and, get chrome, baby. I'm gonna get so chrome. So chrome. Just spray that in your face, and it's great. All right. <laughs> um, so, Mad Max is cool and all, but let's move on to something a little bit, I guess, deeper, but also pretty cool in terms of the gaming industry in general. Uh, so, this game studio, Ninja Theory, has created a game called Hellblade, all right? And this Hellblade game sort of addresses mental health issues. And why is that important? Well, Ninja Theory has promised to donate up to $50,000 to charity based on Hellblade's Xbox launch, right? That's important, excuse me, because to me, at least, the reason why I want to mention it, gaming is expanding beyond its scope of entertainment. It's expanding into things of like mental health, expanding into like health in general, bringing awareness to um, outside influences and outside genres that affect gaming and how they're created, but also affect the real world. and more so than just not just an entertainment piece anymore so ninja theory which is creating hellblade which we covered a couple weeks ago uh follows a character called senua and she goes through this journey she's it's a battle she's a warrior she journeys through this whole episodic sort of scenario following mental health issues and whatnot it's actually really really cool but long story short um yeah ninja theory is going to donate money based on how well it sells it's going to donate $25,000 for the first 50000 sales. And then from that, the figure doubles to $50,000. The game manages to sell 100,000 sales. And then from there, 500,000 sales to $100,000. Pretty sweet. Pretty cool. Yeah, I, uh, Watch the trailer. It's pretty legit. I like it. I, I, I appreciate when commercial yeah, did products... Did you watch the trailer, by the way? I did not. I did not get a chance to. I'm going to check it if out, If you though. do... Like I think you I'm should. I'm gonna do it like last week. Just watch it while you're Dude, talking. <laughs> I'm just saying, like it's epic. This trailer, if you go on, like it's linked on this article that we have linked right here. The trailer is very intense, and you can see that they literally made the trailer more so a movie trailer than a game trailer. There's no gameplay. It's just the character acting out, and like you hear these peripheral audio in the background about what's going on and how she's sort of semi schizophrenic and what's happening. It's very very interesting that's pretty cool i'm actually that's interesting i mean i i 
I mean, not only it's interesting to see that games are starting to tackle those sorts of narratives, but also simultaneously. Uh, I like when commercial products end up tying themselves to some sort of charitable cause, like comms or whatever the case is, because like... If you're making that much money, you could give back something. It's not Absolutely. Like, it's not a communist thing. It's not a communist thing. It's literally like, yeah, it really won't hurt the fucking bottom line at the end of the day. So regardless, uh, that's cool. And more companies should learn from that. Ugh, EA, cough, EA, cough, fucking EA. <laughs> but regardless, um, on to a little... A little quick Overwatch. A little quick Overwatch. So Retribution is out. We will covered it the other day. Now he's had the opportunity to play it. What's it like, man? What's it like? Are people Uh, auto-locking these cool skins? Like... No, no, Retribution is pretty sweet. I mean, you have four people, and what's interesting is that Overwatch goes through this whole situation of, like, sorry, scenario of understanding how each separate entity of the patches that they've gone through, the, the gameplay, how... Specialized, you have to be when going through the game and how there's certain segments and how it's slow and like it's not really a story that you play retribution tries to address all that where there's certain scenarios that you go through but it's more action-paced and you it's quick it's quick to go from scenario to scenario it's quick to mm-hmm. fight person to person so there's never really a gap in action whereas other game modes have shown you oh you have to sit on the payload for the next minute and a half like that's not exciting whereas in this one you have to yes you have to survive for the next minute and a half but there's a whole bunch of different types of action scenarios that happen uh they even mentioned in this article about overwatch of retribution how they brought um they got some what do you call it oh help me out help me out they were inspired by there we go they were inspired by left oh, for dead. dead there you go there you go yes. yeah they were inspired by left for dead and how the gameplay goes on and there's like essentially drama filled moments and then ebbs and flows goes back and forth between drama filled moments and not where the gameplay literally gauges how well you address the situation and then pushes forth ai or whoever to attack you in a way that like it increases drama you beat them and then you go down and then it increases drama you beat them it goes down always riding a high as opposed to uh just having a static game and it's pretty I'm cool so curious overwatch how they is did trying that. to get better hey that, I'm, I'm curious myself and i think overwatch is trying to get better in terms of these these game scenarios are pretty like straightforward the last one was just like survive sort mm-hmm. of the way uh Remember in Halo, you had like um, the 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 swarm domination mode and like yeah. not domination mode. The that's locust. Not what it's yes, exactly. Well, yeah. no, that's Gears of War. Locust is oh, Gears no, of War. Locust. The um, yeah. the flood. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. The flood, whatever mode it was called, you just had to fight them off forever, forever. I just remember that map in Halo. The flood. Yeah, you're trying to fight, you're trying to fight them off in in Overwatch, but. They try to do it in a way that, like, it's balanced. You don't feel like it's too easy. You don't feel like it's too hard, and you address it. It's pretty cool. Retribution, cool, cool skins, cool characters. As his storyline, and they're trying to make this big arc. Fuck it, let's go for yeah, it. Yeah, I right? gotta, I gotta go through the uh, the lore a little bit more. That's something mm-hmm. I'm pretty interested in. That's what I was telling you, man. I think it'll add enjoyment. You got these good guys right now fighting together with the bad guys and then you're like what the fuck when when did they switch when did they break up what what happened and apparently this is the beginning of it this is when like mccree Seriously. and and reaper and moira and also doomfist decided to be like oh nope never mind not anymore we're not gonna be friends so Seriously. what happened 
What's the game? What's the game changer? What happens? Well, on to uh, a, a little bit more depressing news. It looks like I guess not depressing. I guess this is going to be depending upon where you stand on the matter. But Valve has basically decided to uh, make your gameplay data private automatically uh, or by default, rather. I guess as well. This is important because what that. Uh, does this gameplay data is that it allowed a website like steam spy to run and so what steam spy is is a website that tracks data on steam so when we made certain uh uh article i guess when we covered certain topics on the show like when we had covered PUBG and the fact that it was down 11 percent they were able to measure that because all of steam's uh gameplay data was made public for all of their uh, games for all of their profiles so now they decided oh wait we're going to shut this off maybe that was because of facebook privacy concerns or uh maybe it was just trying to stem liability i personally think they realized that data is really fucking valuable and they have no reason if they're not a publicly traded company to be giving that data out in a public manner and they can then just hide it. I think Valve will get very much bigger, but I think it will start running into transparency issues, same way YouTube did. But uh, it, it, it's a shame because there's certain data like this that allows... Uh, I guess yeah, you could say it allows developers to see how the gaming market is, that it allows analysts to see trends. It It's just an important data set that in an ideal world wouldn't be shut off to public access, but um, it shuttered a, a, a pretty major institution uh, in, in, hey, in data analysis. So. Blame Facebook, I'd say, because I think that's a big, big deal in the sense that like Facebook... Let's just go with the, the public eye is very wary of the data that is being shared. The problem is they everywhere. don't have an understanding of any of these concepts like Facebook or the reason that Facebook is being tried and what the actual data breach was. So like, right. you know, and, and it's e even the issue where people are like, it, it wasn't even a breach. It's not like anything illegal happened. What happened was the way that Facebook allowed their they data. They garnered their data, exactly. exactly. The way they, so, they grabbed their data from individuals and there's individuals of associates. And there's and individual identity tied to it. I think gameplay hours and data isn't as analogous. And I don't think it has that level of personal. Your personal, the way that your life is set up on Facebook it has a necessity for that data to be handled uh, with care. Your gameplay data is very important, but it's not going to be a uh, top-down. It's not as personal. Let's go. Let's be honest. It's not yeah. as personal. So like, like, but but that's not to say it, it shouldn't be important as well. I think it's a financial move. Uh, but what can you say? What can you say? But anyway, sure. on to a little bit more. Uh, I guess. I don't know what the phrase would be. I want to say serious news. I guess no, non-video game based news. Uh, a patent lawsuit has been uh, quashed at appeal uh, against Microsoft, EA, and Nintendo. That uh, and the reason I mention this is that Australian inventor Richard Baker, this is according to a GamesIndustry.biz article, uh, 
issued a filing against Electronic Arts, Microsoft, and Nintendo of America for infringements on his patent for a personalized instructional aid. The patent in question refers to a device that allows users to control computers using motion and video capture, much like a Kinect. Basically, uh, they based it or they ruled it on semantics that they didn't or the company didn't directly violate it. They just used uh, similar components in their uh, versions. And so basically, sorry you don't have money, bro. That's pretty much it. That's all yeah, I'm going to say. Basically, sorry you don't have money. Sorry, <laughs> sorry like, you don't have money. Oh, you thought that legal patent story. would protect you? Like, sorry, dog. Like, read up on patent law. The only reason it is what it is is because money. Is Disney. Disney well, okay, is the yeah, reason. Well, Mickey so Mouse. Wanting to Disney's own Mickey one of them, Mouse. But I'm just saying, like, he doesn't have money, so fuck it. Yeah. Seriously. Anyway, on to a little bit of Tencent news because you know us. We love our Tencent. We love Tencent. We love Tencent. Yeah, Tencent sponsor us. We're going to everything. Seriously. Help us. You own everything. I would love a trip out to China. I know Leela would love a trip out to China. That's I think racist, it would be. but funny as hell. <laughs> <laughs> if I say I would love it, and then I say you would love it, that doesn't mean it's racist. It's it means racist. I would love it. Nah, you would love it. I didn't say you definitely would love it. I said you would love it too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, sure. Tencent is opening up WeChat to external developers. So basically, uh, WeChat, which is one of the largest uh, messaging platforms in China is trying to connect its audience to gamers. Uh, granted, it's just an advertising move, but I think it would, had Facebook not been so poisoned over time, I think it would have served as like a really great means to using one flat profile for all of your sort of online interactions. And okay. It would have been, I mean, even now to a degree, I mean, this is sort of going to be a tangent, but like WeChat, sort of like Twitter, if you, you don't use Twitter as much, but like for certain people, like signing in with the Twitter handle is just as easy as signing in with the Facebook profile, I think. Mm -hmm. But regardless, uh, I think it'll be a huge move. Nothing that Tencent does is ever an issue because they have so much money and they own every <laughs> single adjacent market they're entering anyway. So they're just vertically into... Think of, when you think of Tencent, think of like GE, but in video games. And so remember that company we mentioned, Huya, that they put in like half a billion dollars into? Well, guess who's filing an IPO in a couple of months here in America? Huya. So, so interesting. aggressive. They're just it, taking over man, so we, much shit. It's so hard to think that they have almost three times the population as the U.S. So they're granted right? going to have a huge, 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 huge market. But what can you do? Interesting move. Uh, we're going to always be covering Tencent because... Uh, we're going to be always covering Tencent because, and I don't think this relates at all, but... Tencent is everywhere. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Tencent is everywhere. Um, you want to know who else is everywhere? Riot. But, you know, who owns part of Riot? Tencent. Anyway. Anyway. Um, not about that, but something that Riot is doing that I think is actually pretty fucking awesome is that Riot wants to differentiate the balancing of League of Legends between pros and not pros. Why is that important? What does that mean? Well, for some statistics for you, uh, for instance, uh, 
Unfortunately, the balancing system in the professional league means changing something for casual players, right? 92% of League of Legends players base is in the bottom three ranked tiers. So in case you're unfamiliar with the ranked tiers, there's going to be bronze, silver, gold, which is the bottom three, followed by platinum, diamond, and then whatever else comes above it, which is, I think, two more ranks. So 92% of the people are in the bottom three, and those are the individuals that the game is mostly based off of. League of Legends is trying to get into this situation where they're trying to essentially... Yeah, they're trying to balance two separate game modes, right? It's really interesting because they go like. Well, Sorry to interrupt, but it, 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 yeah. I was gonna say it's much with the same with Overwatch. It's something we had discussed as well, which is when you think about esports e professional athletes, they are always or Counter Strike or literally almost any game having to constantly deal with changes to the game. So I talked about two versions of a game, remember? Where they should have a professional mm -hmm. standardized version, and then you should have just like the the like whatever the, the casual version no, no, of I it is. Totally agree. And I totally agree. I think you This the, is an example of it as well, where you know what the casual people like. They love mercy. Casual people loved mercy. You know who didn't love mercy? Fucking right. professionals. And what did they do? They got rid of mercy to be able to make their league be more balanced. Yeah, they, they nerfed Mercy, exactly. In, yes. or, exactly, and that affected the casual players of the league as well. Why? Because I think the biggest point out of all this, though, is that in League of Legends, the difference in play between professionals and non-professionals is huge, such that professionals utilize players in such a different manner that the changes made to them and as they affect the player base as a whole is so vastly different that you literally have to address them as two separate skill entities, right? You mm -hmm. have individual player-based pros who are very good at certain characters and what they do, but in an ideal environment. Like, and I think what they're trying to mention here is like, uh, the example they gave is Zed as a character in a low ping professional environment is a very bad character versus in a <laughs> in a separate environment with the public is a very good character it's because they don't have ideal conditions in the real world you're always messing around with different things you have different pings different people from all over the place different skill levels it doesn't matter what you do to Zed. The only way to make him viable in the professional league in a low-paying and professional environment is to buff him superly, which would literally exacerbate his effect on the public league. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't make sense. And that's very, very interesting where you, as a company, you have to tailor your, your updates to two separate skill environments. And it's the majority of the public, 92% in the bottom three tiers, or the professional league, and that's why. And I think, think about with Overwatch, the first you, one to. You played bronze. You just it, yeah. played gold, right? Who would you rather yeah. listen to when it came to changes for the game? I would one hundred percent listen to gold people. Yeah. Exactly, Sorry, bro. They're like, no, no, yeah. see, but it's the same thing with this, which is like, the people who are the most skilled are going to, should to a degree have the higher or more valuable opinion in the argument, but the developers are going to give it to the casual gamers because they want the biggest market possible. Dude, we touched on this before, though, which is really interesting in that 
Moira as a character was utilized in every skill tier except for the lowest of lows and the highest of highs. Or I could have said that enti entirely wrong where it's the opposite, where Moira was the most used character in the highest of highs and the lowest no, of lows. No, it, it was Tracer. It was Tracer who was uh, not represented anywhere like except for the highest oh, okay. of highs. Yeah, yeah, okay, and the lowest of lows. Right, yeah. right. So there are character differentiations and... I don't know. It's just it, it, it's, it's an interesting topic. It's an interesting topic. We're gonna make it. We're gonna make this like a full on debate, and we're gonna pick sides. And we're gonna call it the the debate. And we're gonna call it something more clever than that. But <laughs> we're gonna call it the debate. The That's debate. Debate. Uh, People like debates. But anyway, uh, on to uh, a little quick story. Uh, in an interview with the ex-PlayStation head, uh, Andrew House, uh, he spoke about how he believes that basically streaming of games is potentially going to upend the industry. It really makes sense. I mean, Fortnite has sort of proved it. Uh, I have never sort of seen a game break the sort of cultural zeitgeist the way this is. You could say, yeah, Nintendo... I guess that Pokemon would be a fair argument. This is get, this is getting to not Pokemon levels. I, I would never say nothing will ever get to Pokemon levels. I guess my argument is, it's crazy big. It's crazy big, and streaming is a large part what is uh, driving uh, a lot of the sort of social oriented games. And we're going to see you know from Radical Heights that we spoke about last week to I don't or the other day. I don't know if we did speak about it. Did we do did we cover it? We cover Radical, Radical Heights. Heights. Yeah. The new battle royale with the, the biking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah from from the lawbreaker. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah, um, was on Tuesday rather. So they and so like a lot of those types of games, Fortnite's going to inspire a lot of clones and then something else will come out. But For regardless, sure. it's gonna be cool. I would say uh, the only thing about your point in general is just like it's definitely the inflection point of gaming would be streaming in the sense that if all games it's, were free to play I would understand that however all games I'm, are not I'm free in to play in terms of growth okay. in, in terms okay. of growth okay. of the market you're going to see streaming be huge which is like there was never I think a centralized platform and I don't think Twitch is a definitive winner in the long run of what a uh, in the short run, let's be honest. It's in the, definitely short, yeah, in the short run, that's not even an 100 argument. That's not even an argument. Yeah. But in the, in the long, long run, run yes, no. hopefully there are other competition. There's competition and, in the area that changes it, but yes. Yeah, and, and the reason I say that is that, um, you know, it, it just sort of, it, while it allows you to watch these streams in a sort of organized, efficient okay. manner, uh, I just don't think... Uh, I just don't think it'll be Twitch, but streaming has gotten a whole host of new people in, uh, both good and bad, and so it goes. So it goes. Anyway, on to some great news. On to some wonderful news. <laughs> GameStop US is going to be increasing its cash offer for your trade-ins to now match store credit. That's a pretty big deal because they have always sort of fucked you when it came to trade-ins. Like, there's been times I walked in, they offered me an amount of money that I was like, I'd rather, like, just break this and throw it in the garbage and, like, hand it to you and allow you to resell it with the possibility to profit, like, right. exorbitantly on it. I'm going to give it to you for 10 bucks, and you're going to sell it for fucking 150 Are you kidding me right now, GameStop? Yeah. Fuck yeah. you, man. Seriously, fuck you. And so, like, you, and that's the thing. Like, why sometimes I feel a little bit of 
sympathy where I'm like, damn, yo, I really wish there was more game stops. I really wish we could, you know, hang yeah. But then at other times I'm like, ah, fuck you guys. This is what you get. But now they're matching the cash offer. That's pretty cool. That's something I wanted to see, though I think it is pretty conveniently timed because of the fact that they have the <laughs> that I guess physical copies are such a low number of total game sales that. Oh, yeah. Makes sense. They don't really have to. Uh, really worry about that <laughs> anymore. Like, how many games are you really going to trade in at the end of the day? You know, they were probably just surprised to see hundreds, me as a hundreds of games. Yeah, They're like, oh my god, we haven't seen one of you in like a hundred days. <laughs> like, oh my god, someone wants to bring in their consoles and shit and trade Yo, it in. Seriously, yeah. when I walked Sorry. in, the guy's like, sir, sir, can I get you a coffee? Can I get you a coffee? Do you, yeah, I'm do like, you buy this in person? Are you kidding me? You don't order this off Amazon? You don't offer this? Like, uh, you don't no, have seriously. a GameSpot account? Like, all that stuff? Gamefly? Whatever the case is? I was gonna wow. say GameSpot account. That's stupid as fuck. Yo, Game, Gamefly is the only one. We should start our own rental service. But that's another story for another day. Games are us. Anyway. Games are us. Games are us. Anyway, on to our next story. Donkey Kong champ, Billy Mitchell. And this is a story we covered a couple weeks back at this point. A couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, I'd say. Uh, and is our first story to completion from my covering its initial, you know, it was sort of on the outside streams when we found it. We knew what was going to happen. I we did. didn't know. We, that's why. That's why. Now it's official. Oh, shit. Yep. Uh, uh, Billy Mitchell's high scores have been wiped after... Uh, Cheater. Uh, cheater, 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 run on an emulated version of Donkey Kong as we had spoken about and not on the original version and that was based off the way that the maps rendered so for the original version you get like pieces of the map render at a time whereas with his it would render simultaneously sort of like asynchronous loading but regardless or asynchronous refreshing but uh now he was got that shit wiped. Uh, Twin Galaxies, which is the record holding organization, who are probably in on it. To be frankly honest, like think they <laughs> think they. Uh, I'm gonna call them out. Like you think what? You what, th- what do you mean? Well, I don't why, understand why, that. Why, why do I think that? Why do I think they're into it? Because like the the story of didn't you see the the documentary they're talking about the the high score one the. The, the no, I didn't want the documentary, one. but like, yeah, hopefully on, not fucking in on, on the it. documentary. So this is how it works out. So to cut a long story short, uh, Weeb has a, his big shot, and this is according to Tom Phillips at Eurogamer, uh, the first ever Donkey Kong score over a million points ruled out after Mitchell throws doubt on Weeb's claim. Mitchell then provides contentious videotape evidence of his own million point run, which Arcade High Score Tracking Company Twin Galaxy accepts instead. So. You're telling me that, like, they accepted that shit blindly and couldn't do, like, their own research? Like, a guy independently went out of his way to be like, man, that seems sort of fishy. I'm recording all this stuff. I'm I'm, I'm going to try. I'm going to try doing—I'm going to try to re-emulate what he did because— 
that's really fucking convenient that you came out of the blue to be oh, I got a million points the other day, bro. Look at that. And it's like, why would they hold it in? It, it, it's like they knew it was a cheat, but if no one is going to come knock at the door to be like, hey, you cheated, you know? All right. I, I can understand. Like, I don't think they were in on it. In the they sense were in they on it in the sense that they just didn't care. They just didn't care. And they're like, all right, fuck it. All right. Is which it, you shouldn't it. be the fucking record holding fucking organization if you are fucking loose with caring about shit like that. I hear you. Okay. It throws. I don't think in, that's the case. We don't know. But yes, I agree. I understand where you're coming from. Exactly. I just suspect it. I just suspect it. Anyway, uh, that's about all we have for you today. We had a little bit more, but I want to jump into these questions because we actually went longer than expected with a pretty wonderful conversation. Anyway. Yeah, yeah pretty good. Wait, now, wait, we're jumping straight into the questions? We're not going to... Oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm an idiot. How did I, why do I keep skipping over this? Oh, it's because I'm an why idiot you- and edited what I was looking at and... Now is the time for it. What did we will? Game Spotlight. Ooh. All right, I'm just not talk about it quick because apparently so no, 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 no. Take your fucking quick. time, dog. Take your fucking time. I mean, take my it's fucking time. I got I nothing really, to say. I literally, I, it's like, you know, I'm tired, dogs. I'm tired. I missed over. Hey, I skipped over it and we're running cool. this back. Let's do Let's it. Let's forgive him, everybody. Uh, everyone in agreement with me? You forgiven him? In agreement. All right, cool. Cool. No one said anything, so no one cares. Uh, we're we gonna agree. Move on. Uh, so the game spotlight this week is going to be a game called Dauntless. Okay. There's Dauntless game we found on the interwebs recently, but it's coming out with an open beta on May 24th, and the game is essentially like a Monster Hunters. But it's a free-to-play Monster Hunters, and that's the biggest thing. So it's co-op action RPG made by Phoenix Labs that's going to open beta very soon on May 24th, like I mentioned. It's a Monster Hunter Monster Hunter style game that requires players to team up and tackle big bosses all over the free-to-play world, all over the running around world, whatever the case is. RPG, it's going to be great. Over 100,000 people have played the closed beta, and it is expected to go open very soon. Uh, accompanying the open beta is going to be an in-game store shoe you know it's going to include a variety of cosmetic and vanity items as well as uh, the biggest thing I think for this game is that although it's a free-to-play game it's not going to include pay-to-win mechanics as well as no loot boxes and that's huge for a free-to-play game yeah so I agree I mean every game is just going to pull sort of a Fortnite one where this game is going to be free to play and then they're going to start including microtransactions man microtransactions I I mean I wouldn't consider it microtransaction what they do with Fortnite I think that's just a straight up I, I respect what they do there like a, a flat out skin purchase fuck it that's fair bro you know that's what it is it's called microtransactions no in, in-game I, I, purchases I, I, is I, I disagree it. when it's something like what they do for uh Overwatch. that's exactly what it is that's the definition of microtransactions man that's like mm-hmm. le- legit if you have I, I, anything I, I that you can give microtransactions more to something like uh, candy crush, win, like EA. candy crush, or something. That's a microtransaction. Ninety nine like cents, like whatever. Exactly, but twenty dollars for one skin. That's an in-game purchase to me. That's it's not, still a it, microtransaction. It's a semantical difference, but I, I only use microtransaction when it, as it as it yeah, applies to that. That's ridiculous. I don't agree. That should but just at the same time, You guys should let I'm us know saying. because even though hey, it was I'm just saying, I, I, I don't, don't agree. I don't. I don't agree. Anyway, this game, Dauntless. 
Yeah, it does look awesome. It has six cell shading graphics, and obviously 100,000 people playing the closed beta means it's got a pretty big following. They're going to open beta on the 24th to try to test out the servers and make sure that everything that they have in place is going to stay in place when they have a big of load, if that makes sense. Uh, it's been in development for over... A four years and that, i think that's, that's a big thing to mention right information that right? was interesting to me was... like you're an indie game developer and you've been in development for over four years and that's important to everybody why because phoenix labs and i looked them up is based in canada and there's only about like 50 members right mm -hmm. 50 people working their ass off for over fucking 40 years to deliver you a game not 40 years four. over four years to deliver you a game that is free to play in open world and an rpg style like you have to understand the level of effort that goes into the games, and we touched on it a couple weeks ago for how like in developers maybe having it hard, harder time, maybe having an easier time. We're not really sure. This goes to show how much effort is going into making a quality game over the internet, and hopefully it does well. Let's be honest. Like, try to get on the open beta if you can. Go on their website. It's going to be uh, Dauntless.com. I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. And check it out. Like, you should see. Whether or not you can get access to this, help them out whatever way you can. And I think that's what we should do as gamers. Help out anybody who's having an open beta to try to troubleshoot to make all these things successful. Because so that we these don't people bitch are when the game actually happens. Exactly. We don't bitch based on things that we could have helped address, but we haven't. So yeah, basically. Basically. Don't see Dauntless. it Jesus. March, or sorry, May 24th. And Don't something about Canadian developers that I thoroughly trust because Canadian independent developers, rather. Studio MDHR. Cuphead. It was created by Canadians. Canadians. Just saying, I, I didn't know that they were Canadians, so that's cool. Canadian. Canada, eh? Canada, eh? Canada, eh? Wee oui, wee. Oui. Okay. Oh shit. So, I think it's now about that time. Can we uh, pause for a second? Now we can. That's why I said right. now about that time. You gotta pee? Oh shit, I didn't mean to do that. Wait, why'd you? Why'd you hang up? Wait, why'd you hang up? You're gonna have to cut this out. Remember, it's at the 45th minute. Okay. 45th minute. Write it down. I need to take a piss real fast. Like I have to pee so bad. Right, I have to pee go, the go, entire go, go, fucking go. show. I'll be back.
I took a piss like a fucking monster and it was epic. Okay. I mean, what was the last thing I said? Uh, you ended at the 45th minute mark and now it's the 48th minute mark. What was the last thing I said? I don't know, man. I think I said now it's time for. You said, alright, alright, now it's time. And then, like, you stopped. Yeah. Alright, let's do it. Uh. This goes. You can just like cough or something like that and just pretend. Oh, sorry, we're back. <laughs> the Lilo interview. So, Lilo, it's your birthday. You've been it having a fun birthday. one. You've been challenged. You've been challenged. And so, we're going to go with a pretty simple question, which I think we might have answered at the top of the show. What is your okay. most anticipated game of 2018? Ooh. Uh, can you remember what I said at the top of the show? Do you remember? Uh, I think it had to be KH. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, sorry. Yeah, you're right. Or Red it has Dead. To do with KH. So, I actually never said Red Dead. I never played the first one. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's obviously not Red Dead. Like, let's just, let's just be honest. Um, I would say I have played all of the God of Wars, but I don't have the fucking PlayStation, so it's really unfortunate to... Uh, Say that. Yeah. Like I think we should just both buy one at the same time. Or Sony, hit us up. We want to be converted. No, please sponsor us, and yeah, then we can seriously. review every game that comes out on this the console. That'd be epic. We can get yeah, you some. Say, uh, we can get you a good market share, Sony. <laughs> Do you know if our bots have gone up or down? Like our bots, I, I, like I, I still fifty. I want to say even they were like, "Come on, dog, let's find something mm-hmm. new." <laughs> I would agree. They became say, um, sentient yeah. in their dislike of us. <laughs> Fuckers. These guys Fuckers. are saying the same shit every single time. What the every fuck? Every time. Uh, but... I would, do, I would, though, say, like, Kingdom Hearts 3 is definitely the most anticipated game that I have of this year, especially since it's going to be officially released this year, probably going to be announced for the official date during E3. Square Enix, I actually took a picture of it, and I never sent it to you, by the way. I Ooh. took a picture of it because on my way to work on this road that I travel down, Skirt Enix is at 999 whatever fucking road I drive down Boulevard, and it's hilarious because I can see the big Square Enix title on top in Los Angeles, and I'm like, holy shit, I think I know Solo would appreciate that. That's pretty dope. That's where they fucking make the game, or at least where they corroborate the game for the United States in Los Angeles. Isn't that fucking incredible? Anyway, <laughs> Kim That's wild. Uh, Let's go first down. and foremost... It's super cool to see a studio like that. Uh, mm-hmm. 
around the corner. They're all here, man. They're all come, in... come visit. Come visit. You'll see. I'm coming to live. I'm coming to live, my friend. I'm coming to live. But yeah. we're going to find out. We're going to find out. But anyway, on to our next question. What game holds the most sentimental value for you? Oh, man. Dude, this is such a tough, tough question, right? It's a birthday question. It is a birthday question. The question is like, what hit home? What game essentially impacted you for the rest of your life? What game did you have the most fondest, like the the fondest memories with? What game um, made you feel the most essentially like that? Like what game actually made you cry? There's like a whole bunch of feeling and crying is probably the same thing. Whole bunch of different variables towards this question, but I would say that the most sentimental value, the coolest memories that I would have, the most emotions definitely over time. It's gonna be crazy. It's not actually a story game. I'd say with FIFA. I'd say FIFA throughout my tenure, my career of my life, I've had the most up and down emotions with. Why? We started playing FIFA back in 05. Let's go in, yeah. right? 05. Oh, I started playing FIFA in 98. Okay, you started playing FIFA in 98. You introduced me to it when we got together. And oh, like, I thought we, you were playing FIFA before that, Doc. Oh, nah, so man. Fun. Like, I only started, like, early. I only started early meeting you, which means, like, we probably maybe earliest 04, and then we played 06 World Cup together, and we got from there. Like, I played FIFA religiously from 06, probably, until, like, 2016. And that's when I stopped. But yeah, basically. That's a 10-year stretch of every year buying the same game, playing the same sort of depiction. And, like, playing storylines and understanding I and mean, having memories, playing with people, playing tournaments with my roommates, playing tournaments with people across the nation, playing tournaments like, with other individuals, creating your own character, playing solo. Like, that, that game brought me so many fucking highs and lows that I think I am most, like... I'm just the most emotionally attached to. There are other oh, yeah. games that definitely have are more emotional, but FIFA in general, me being a competitive individual, it's brought me more emotions. Sort of the same way like sports do. If you watch a sport and you're a fan of the sport, things are more intense. Same way FIFA is. Mm. Like I, I honestly grew a love of football, aka soccer. Because of FIFA. It wasn't because I watched soccer. It was because I played FIFA. FIFA I played FIFA and I fucking knew Cristiano Ronaldo was. I knew who Messi was. I knew who all these individuals, Buffon, like all these individuals. Mm-hmm. It was through FIFA. You know what I'm saying? Like FIFA was the one that started it all. It wasn't because I give a, a frick about who was playing out in the real world. It was because I was playing the game. I was like, oh man, you suck. Oh wait, your stats went up this week. This is legit. Oh wait, your stats went down this week. What happened? And I follow like that. Mm-hmm. You, know, you follow retroactively. And so Dude, I would say FIFA is probably the most sentimental game because I have so many memories with individual, individual, like individual individuals <laughs> in that game, if that makes sense. No, like individual 100%. memories with individuals. The, so legit. The emotional roller coaster that is FIFA game. And I say to other people as well, like you could lose a Madden game, it's whatever. You could lose NBA, 2K game, it's like, uh, whatever. But like, if you lose a really contentious FIFA game, you're like, <laughs> I don't even want you to look at this person. The rest of the day. The rest yeah. of the day is ruined. Yeah, legit. Like, you're sad and mad the rest of the It's always day. anger. It's always anger. It's, and I'm so grateful that it literally is all anger. It's, it's not sad. It's mad. It's, You're it's, fucking it's mad, mad the rest of the day. Let's be yeah. honest. Dude, one percent of the time I lose because of me, and ninety nine percent because FIFA's fucking bullshit. Because <laughs> FIFA is a bullshit game. Seriously. And you're like, it bounced off four players and went in the goal. You fucking serious? Like, well, what, what the is fuck that are we shit? supposed to do? 
I'm sure it's an Not algorithm that, that to keep it, you it's addicted. But it's uh, okay, so we're gonna get into this then. Uh, what game? If you have that is your sentimental value, what game do you think? This sort of builds off our conversation of what makes a gamer. Uh, whether it's a love for the for video games industry, et cetera, or someone who plays a lot of games, what do you think converted you into a gamer who does play a lot of video games? Was it a particular game? Was it time? And what? So for me, it would have been if you're if you were an athletic kid growing up, that meant you had to balance at sports and social life, and then gaming, and then over time, one of the hobbies I stuck was gaming. So then, where did it all begin from the start? All right. Uh, a lot of separate questions that went on. I'm going to try to address them first, one at a time. Yeah. Exactly. I'm going to try to address them one at a time. Like, where did it all begin? Like uh, like you said, I grew up in a family. I have two older brothers, so they were very – well, rather. I grew up in a family with two older brothers. They were very athletic. We all had the option of either joining a club team and playing sports or having a job. And I think naturally, the most most of the time, people would be like, I'd rather play a sport than join, have a job. Yes. My brothers led the way, and I did that. So I didn't have a lot of time at home, but when I did ha have time at home, I got into gaming because my older brother, Chris, my middle brother, he uh, was the one that actually played on the computer a lot. We started with StarCraft, okay? We started with StarCraft and went from there with RTSs to Warcraft. And from there, went to other games like Command and Conquer, you know, whatever it is. Right there. So there's a whole bunch of RTS games. I played um, Monkey Island. I don't know if you know what that is, but Monkey Island mm -hmm. was like a the adventure pirate. game. Yeah. Yeah, it was like yeah. a pirate game. I downloaded like, Monkey Pirate 2 by accident once, and then I realized it was one of those games. I was like, Beef. Yeah, that's not the one I was talking about. But I started because of my older brother in the free time that we had sports. From there, I'd say that... So uh, you would say StarCraft 2 is the game that sort of converted you? It definitely launched it all. Like, I'll be honest, like, I learned RTS from it. I sat there next to my brother while he was describing why he was playing and how he was playing to me. And those instructions, per se, stuck in my head about how to play this RTS game. So that was pretty sick. And I was like, holy shit. So when I got to it, being five years younger, I had no idea what he was talking about. And I was like, this trial, trial and error. And literally, it was just like, what am I supposed to do? Oh, that's what he meant. So this is what I do. You never really put it together until you actually do it, I think. 100%. I'm more of a person that has to do actions before I understand what they're talking about. You can tell me all the examples you want. Until I experience it myself, I'm not going to understand. I so I played the game, went through it a whole bunch, understood. And then after that, Warcraft 3 came out, and I was super pumped for that because I'd been in the RTS genre for a while. Warcraft 3, played the whole fucking series, beat the whole game, and then all of a sudden you had these custom games come out, and that's where Dota came out of, and that's where like these Enfos came out of, that's where these tower defense game came out of. Like All these different types of games that I love to this day came out of playing Warcraft 3. That was epic. So yeah, those games are what started it off. But um, what was the other part? So the last part was then, if it was RTS, it was genre. So then you would say that it was between StarCraft. Was it StarCraft or WoW that sort of hooked you into it? Okay, I'm going to do this. I want to get my own computer. I want to get my own consoles. Like, or oh, I, I think uh, in all fairness, like, or was it I was fortunate enough to go to my house. 
I was going to say, I grew up in a household where my brothers went to college before I did, obviously. So when mm. I became a freshman in high school, they were already in college. And so I had the house for the next four years and I used the computer that we had. And we do just you played. think if you had, do you think being at home alone contributed to you being a gamer? Because it's sort of like a, a sure. singular hobby. Yep. I 100% agree. Uh, you know, in our high school, right, we had three sports seasons, okay? Mm. So we had three sports seasons in the fall, in the winter, and the spring. But in between the fall and the winter and the spring, there's always like two or three weeks gap before you started something else, especially if you didn't make the quote-unquote playoffs. If you didn't make the playoffs, there's never any overlap. But if you did make the playoffs, there was overlap for sure between the seasons. Sometimes our football teams sucked, aka all the time. Uh-huh. So there's never any overlap between that and the winter. I distinctly remember the fall being my time to play video games between like I would get home after after school at two o'clock in the afternoon. My parents are not off work until five or five thirty. What do you do for three and a half hours? Well, probably play video games, right? You you chill, you play video games, you probably, you know, do things that you can't mention on podcasts, but yeah, yeah that's exactly what you do, weed. man. Smoke that weed. I'm out. You do whatever you have to do, man. Um, smoke that, smoke that ganja. Yeah, and so like, I would come home after the time that I thought I should be at practice, which I wasn't anymore. Oh shit! Friday the thirteenth. Just chill, you know. Yeah. And then uh, that's what you did. Yeah. That's just what you did. Same thing in the so winter then, to the spring. If you didn't do well in the winter sports. Go on. Go I would on. say building off that. Then, what would your uh, favorite genre of game be, and then for what reason? So you've you've gamed obviously in a a multitude of different sort of environments over time. What's a I one genre that sort of takes priority every time that you can be? Oh, I'll play anything, but if a, the best game in this genre comes out, you know I got to pick it up. I hear you. Uh, it's really tough because I'm a fan of so many different types of games like first person shooters, action RPGs, strategies, real th- like real time strategies. Um, I'm going to say you're like, an action RPG guy. So I'm a little surprised you haven't gotten Mon- Monster Hunter World yet. I honestly, so what I was going to say for you is like, yeah, I agree. I think, I think that is the genre I attribute myself most to. I think I enjoy the most RPGs. I enjoy taking my time, choosing what I'm going to do, planning out my next attack, why it's most effective, and that kind of thing. I but hate turn-based right battle. Now, Except for you, Dude, Turn-based battle is the shit. Like, it's fucking sweet no. to me. If I'm I, quicker I than enjoy you, being able to, like, and I could jab, jab, cut, then uh, that's your problem. That's not mine. <laughs> I don't got to yeah, wait you, to you, give you a shot to beat me, because, like... I'm just saying you're quoting like you're essentially playing Kingdom Hearts right there. Like you're doing everything yeah. action real time King, live. King, Kingdom Hearts on? is sort of the I- literal ideal gameplay. It it is fucking awesome. It is what it's it like is. Like the literal ideal. It's a free flowing combat that brings you into the storylines while creating an open world for you to explore. Right, I, and there's no like real repercussions if you get it wrong because mm-hmm. you can just like get hurt, heal yourself, and go back to it. I hear mm-hmm. you. I like RPGs because there's more stress involved too, but there's also clear strategy involved. Mm-hmm. Action RPGs also allow that, but I think I like I like the action RPGs that have repercussions. If you choose the wrong move, there should be repercussions. Like you shouldn't always just survive the fight and win the, whoa, the rest whoa, of the day. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That, that's some so bullshit. That, this I'm is building saying. on something you're gonna say because I was gonna say when it comes to action adventure games, I just want to have fun. So. 
we've had an argument a couple, uh, maybe a week ago uh, about the what the aim of a game is. This was on the Bioshock Infinite fifth anniversary. Okay. And all right, all right. to me, the game that was better was one that had a more meaningful story. Uh, and for you, you said that the aim of a game was to have fun. Granted, neither of these positions are you know, solid and Concrete. of course, exactly. Yeah, exactly. There's of course there's room, They're but there's ambiguous. a preference. Very ambiguous. Exactly. There's a preference for where you stand on a scale. And so then I was going to say, I just want to have fun. So how are you going to try to take away my fun and say, I you have just to have, have fun. stress. You just mentioned the story. What do you mean? You're just going to have fun. That's what I said. I know. I know. You just want to have fun. I'm just reversing now your you're argument. This yeah. is bullshit. <laughs> well, John, defend bullshit. your position now that I switch my position to suit. All right, well, if I no, have to be on the other side. No, no, but seriously, for, for fun. So it's like, uh, in a, why do you think, or why do you in personally place importance on fun over, say, a, a preference for, say, like a, a gritty storyline? I, I guess, okay, in this particular mindset, in my opinion, uh, as a gamer now in my stage of life you have a job you have something that takes you away let's go eight to five nine to five whatever the case is eight hours a day and so when you come home you're a little bit burnt out because you've used your brain power on something else when you get to a game you sometimes want it to be mindless right you don't necessarily want to think about the effects of your actions you just want to play something that takes you away and out of your current reality escapism this is 100% escapism. Like, absolutely, yes, escapism. All, all so, content consumed escapism. But continue. Right, exactly. Anything like reading a book is escapism. Yeah. Reading or watching movies is escapism. Looking yeah. at Netflix is escapism. Like, uh, going outside and doing something else is not necessarily escapism, but it's the idea you're escaping your current reality. You're changing the, the paradigm. You're changing the framework of your life. And that's helps you, I guess, cope with whatever's going on. With video games in general, Yes, when I come home, sometimes you're so burnt out that playing a game that is gritty, that is involved, that forces you to think about the repercussions of your actions is a little bit too much. Whereas you just want to play a game like Rocket League or Overwatch or something else along those lines that literally is mindless, that allows you to just do actions and see repercussions as opposed to think about your actions and sort of um, come to grips with the morality of the game itself, if that makes sense, right? Yeah. That, the choices uh, that you're making and stuff like that. So I, I would say that every game genre uh, infringes upon these lines, goes across these boundaries of like, Am I a good story? Am I an involved story? Uh, am I forcing people to do something? Am I mor- morality? Like, mor- I don't even know how to say it. Do I challenge people's morals? Let's go with that. Uh, am I easy to understand? Am I easy to play? Blah, blah, blah. There's, there's these whole, like, whole different dynamics that go into creating a game and the gameplay itself. But the reason why I enjoy games a certain genre of games is because they're mindless. Some of them are mindless. Mm. Don't get me wrong. It's not always like that. But like, if I have a long day, I don't want to think about what the fuck I'm doing. I just want to have fun. I just want to be able to force choke somebody or murder somebody or run around in Overwatch and just ult everywhere because it's called yeah. Total Mayhem and that's the version that I can yeah. play. You As know someone what I'm saying? who's like, in a, a silver <laughs> rank, I can very much understand where you're coming from. <laughs> <right. laughs> 
Good for thank you, bro. How'd you, you get there? How'd you get there? I climbed, baby. I climbed. That's how I do. I, I didn't know, want I to show off, but... Yeah. What can I say? You're a good man. I try. I figured. I try. But uh, <laughs> let's do this. This might be a difficult one to answer, and it's a lead up to our final question. What is one game series concept that you truly love, but whose mechanics do you think are awful? And you can exclude oh. every turn-based fucking RPG from that. Okay, so no turn-based RPG. No, no, I meant all turn-based RPG are awful game mechanics, so... Go fuck yourself. Uh, okay, yeah, uh, I gotcha. Burn. Alright, so RPGs in general are amazing, but you just... He doesn't understand... Dude, Solo, if you ever played chess, you'd be so fucked. Like, you just wouldn't I... understand think about above your first move. You'd be like, oh, I'm doing this right now! Yeah, it's fucking epic! Except you wouldn't think about the repercussions of that move. It'd be bad. I play Mancala on people, son. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, poor thought. No, it's not there. Uh, Fuck it. All right. So generic. Yes. Life is more like chess, I would say, than Mancala because um, you have so many more moves that can go in any direction. I think life is a metaphor for choosing which metaphor you want to metaphorize your life son but speaking of that was that's really good i know i know i thought metaphorize was a word but then i looked it up and it wasn't so i was like i should say that word anyway 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 anyway. i like but mechanics are awful dude that's a really really tough question right because the reason i say this and it's a cop out 100 percent, and you can yell at me all you want but as a gamer most of the time, you adapt to whatever you have to do. Every game you come across, they try to have no idealistic. Way. No I'm just saying, way. They, try, they try to have like consistent. Question. I'm going to say for you, I'm trying to think Dude, about the last time I heard you questions. negatively speak about a game, but such a goddamn positive person all the time that I can't remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> Thoroughly Yo, I'm negative. I'm just saying, it's really hard to get into the scenario where games literally tailor their their um what you call it? button mapping to more recent games that have just been played because they understand that people are going to know how to play them so the mechanics are not necessarily bad but excuse me no man's guy it is what it is hmm. i've never played it have i know you played it? No, like, I yeah played i did it. actually but for all like right, all well. of five minutes and i was like and so what do i do here and he's like explore i was like trophy i was like explore i was like fuck am i exploring no one on the planet that's it (laughs) (laughs) all right fuck it fuck it but anyway um all right tetris had questionable uh game mechanics but we'll talk about that in another episode Uh, anyway we're gonna do this with a final question if you could transform one piece of literature into a video game what would it be and why Ooh, that's a really good question. One piece of literature. Hot damn. Hot damn. Hot damn. All right. And while you think a little bit, I'm going to just speak. I'm just going to speculate. Are you thinking you want a couple of, you want a little bit to think so I could just keep talking? Uh, so Mike, I had some questions for you. All right, go, 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 go. Let's do this. My questions involve like, when you say like, Pieces of literature, meaning it could be a series. Storyline involved. Do you want the characters involved? Do you want like 
Is it? It's everything. That's what a uh, that's uh, a piece of literature. Okay, okay. So if you're like, I would say, let's say use Harry Potter for example, right? You'd be like, I want to adapt Harry Potter into a video game because this is what the book was about. I think it could translate really well for these reasons, but okay, that's okay. about it. That's about the best oh, way to man. describe it. Or maybe for you personally, I guess for me, I guess I would have to think of one because I want to say that that question uh, lends itself a bit more to trying to say that uh, what piece of literature would you want made into a film? Oh, wait, I would say Ender's Game. I think Ender's Game would be a really cool video game. Like, something like that. Be fucking epic. Yeah. Be fucking yeah, epic. Uh, a really cool uh, actual Lord of the Rings game that, like, followed the narrative from, like, beginning to end. In it, it quote-unquote, did. It was just a little bit more epic than expected. Like, but an so actual, like, an actual game. Not like, yo, we're going to make it off the movie. Like, granted, now the movie characters are forever. Like, I actually thought, think yeah, about this. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Side, side note, do you ever think they'll remake the Lord of the Rings movies or the Harry Potter movies? My money says no. All right. I don't ever think they're going to make... Remake the Lord of the Rings movies. Why? Because I'd fucking kill them if they did. I would actually be Seriously. one of those people that's like gonna go fight them. Uh, I love the Lord of the Rings movies. It's my favorite movies of all time. I'll be honest. I'm gonna go on record saying that they are my favorite movies and my favorite fucking soundtrack of all time because they are admittedly the best soundtrack of all time. We will Harry literally Potter, listen to Lord of the Rings soundtracks like, on an airplane, like when you travel. I do. I do. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. All the time. Whatever the Nerd. case is. Yo, Battle of the Ends, let's go. I'm with that. Yes. I would say that uh, Harry Potter. That and Bobby Shmurda. I could 100% see them remaking it because it's about young individuals, young kids, a young generation, mm. and they could do that over again because Warner Brothers want to make the movie again. I over just and over think again. to a degree they have so much invested in who the characters are right now that's until they age i guess give it 10 years give it 10 years exactly no one's gonna remember what they look like no one's gonna give a fuck and they're gonna start it over again who cares if they did three separate like spider-man movies in 15 years they can do harry potter in (sighs) one in 20 years let's go with that you know what i'm saying i I, do that in 20 years there's no chance i do it's interesting uh, I definitely feel it coming because they really fucked up those Harry Potter movies towards the end. I hate you. They didn't fuck them up. They just honestly a lot of detail, a lot of things going on inside the Harry Potter movies. What's your Yo. book, son? Yeah, exactly. I was gonna say. All right, so my book that I think I don't know if it's my favorite because this is a hard question. Also, given to me off the bat, it's like really, really tough. But. I, have I just failed to realize called- how poorly books translate occasionally. Or my favorite books would uh, translate into video games. games. For sure, like, they would be really tough. There's these uh, science fiction books called The Expanse, okay? And you might have heard them because they are a TV show on Amazon Prime. And so this this series essentially is follows this book. Actually, like, on The Expanse on Amazon Prime is pretty close pretty close to the books it's very very accurate and they actually did a very good job of following the, the science fiction genre but mm. as a video game i would imagine them being fucking fantastic because if you ever played um what is it what are those types of games that are like uh oh, fuck 
Oh my goodness. The uh, left, not left for dead. Not left for dead. What's the other, sh what's this show out right now? That's not like, like left for dead, but it's not left for uh, dead. Walking dead. Walking dead. Yes. The walking dead tales, walking dead tales, like the Batman tales, like whatever it's called. Like you, you played them before, right? Those type of games. Yeah. Bat the Batman telltale game is actually pretty banging. There you go. Telltale games. Yes. Those telltale games with expanse, with sci-fi, with space exploration, I think would be fucking epic because you have to choose the way your story is going to go. And it has a direct influence on the, the final impact of your story. I think those games would be epically remastered, not remastered, but epically like adapted to video game genre and be fucking Flip sweet. that question. Do you think a game that has most captured that theme in a literary manner would be Mass Effect? Ooh. I think Mass Effect was the only one. Yeah. In all fairness. Say, because like, the second yeah. you thought about that questioning method, I was like, I mean, to use a variable response system, Mass Effect edit, I'm pretty upset Andromeda sucked. I actually never beat all the Mass Effect, so and just, No, just, I mean I beat the first three. I just haven't beat Andromeda in all fairness, which makes me feel like a shitty person, but I heard Andromeda was not that great. So, so you're not missing right, out on anything. Up. Right? Exactly. Either way. Dude, this is legit, man. I appreciate the questions. This is awesome. Do you enjoy it? Good. I'm glad because I wasn't sure. I was like, man, are these banging? Are these not? I didn't want to ask generic questions to be like Hey man, what's your favorite game? It's like, I already know. Start yeah, six months until yours, right? Six months? No, uh, what's now? A April. Uh, my birthday is in two months, dog. I'm so stupid, June 26th. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Exa exactly. I was like, yeah, I was like, uh. I'm so dumb. Either way, two months, uh, two months. get ready for your own fucking questions. They're yeah. coming back at you, motherfucker. Oh, absolutely. Already have them all written down. That's what I'm talking about. Alright, we're gonna do these more. I like these discussion questions. Maybe we're gonna do a segment called discussion where we just like create questions like we did with that uh that riot article. We're gonna take okay. this off. we're gonna take this that. conversation off mic, guys, because this is what we're gonna spend you. our week doing. And just a reminder, we're not gonna be here. Anyway, uh be sure to tweet at us. Say happy birthday to Leo. I'm sure he'd love to see some some of that love. Some B-Day love. Some and we'll see you on the 24th. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. See All you right, on the 24th. Enjoy your week. And we shall return. And we shall return we better soon. than ever. Yes. We will lead us out. I will talk to you all later. So Lo and I shall enjoy our time. And uh, get back to you when we have quality audio. Adios.